Hello and welcome to the second of the Hasfeld's competition casts. Um, I'm joined today by Tom Bolster, Julia von Eitzen and Charles Laporte. I'm Scott Campbell, uh, a partner at Hasfeld. Today we want to talk about the vexed issue of limitation rules, um, particularly to take a, a deep dive into a recent European Court of Justice uh, judgment rising from the trucks cartel. It's based on a preliminary ruling made by the Spanish court to uh, test various questions of limitation. It's undoubtedly a significant judgment with uh, implications beyond the case which it primarily concerns. Uh, and it's interesting also uh, for the implications it has to the application of the damages directive. So Charles, I think you're gonna start by just uh, looking into the judgment and describing uh, some of the, the key principles. Right, let's begin by just jumping straight right in the key findings of this judgment which primarily deals with the temporal applicability of Article 10 of the Damages Directive. So just as a reminder, the Article 10 of the Damages Directive uh, focuses on the limitation periods applicable to cartel damages actions. And this Article 10 ensures three things, namely that limitation periods do not start to run before the cartel has ceased and the victim has sufficient knowledge of the harm. Uh, secondly, that their duration is at least five years. And then lastly, that they are suspended for at least one year after the infringement decision has become final. With that in mind, the central question put to the court was whether Article 10 was applicable to a claim relating to a cartel which had ceased to exist before the directive's time limit for implementation, which was on the 26th of December 2016. Uh, but which was brought after this time limit of December 2016. Uh, certainly, uh, I think we're gonna, it was argued, at least for a long time in court, that until the ECJ handed down this judgment, and because of how the directive was implemented at the time, uh, Article 10, including this new five-year limitation period, could not apply to cartels which had ceased to exist before December 2016. Uh, and then Article 10 was therefore only truly relevant to ongoing or uh, future cartels which had yet to be discovered and sanctioned by the Commission or national competition authorities. Uh, much to uh, you know, a claimant's disappointment. However, in this ruling, the CJ introduced a sort of magic rule in air quotes, which puts into play Article 10, no matter when the cartel ceased to exist, uh, but under two conditions. Uh, in order to qualify for this magic rule, therefore, firstly, the action must be brought after 26th of December 2016. If the action is brought before that date, the magic rule cannot apply. Uh, and additionally, and this is where it gets slightly more complicated in terms of analysis, uh, the claimant must show that the limitation period applicable under the former national law, pre-directive, had not yet elapsed on the 26th of December 2016 or earlier, to the extent a member state transposed the directive into its national law before December 2016, which uh, could happen or actually has happened uh, in a few member states which implemented the directive uh, way ahead of the Commission's deadline. So this is entirely a question of national law, and in this particular case it was Spanish law, and on that basis the ECJ considered that Article 10 was in play and therefore the claim was not time barred after applying the new five-year limitation period in lieu of the uh, one-year limitation period otherwise applicable under the old Spanish rules. Uh, 
another interesting conclusion to draw from this judgment, although it's not made explicitly clear in it, we can infer it from uh, this magic rule and how it applies. Um, this, this other interesting point relates to Article 10, sub-Article 4, which provides for the suspension of the period to bring damages uh, actions for at least one year after the infringement decision becomes final, as I mentioned earlier. Um, interestingly, the truck cartelist most affected uh, by this uh, potential application of the magic rule is Scania, as it is the only truck maker who did not settle with the commission uh, in its investigation and uh, whose liability appeal is still pending before the highest European courts. Uh, therefore, as far as damages actions against Scania are concerned, um, this would mean that so long as the magic rule applies, um, the relevant limitation periods against Scania hasn't even begun to run and won't begin to run until one year after Scania's ongoing appeal is determined by the ECJ, which could take a couple of years. Um, and lastly, and perhaps most importantly, uh, for for uh, injured parties, and um, although the decision primarily deals with Article 10 and its application, the court also gave some very useful guidance on the date from which the limitation period starts to run uh, in cartel claims. And on that point, the ECJ found that only once the commission's summary decision is published in the official journal can an injured party reasonably be expected to know of the circumstances giving rise to their claims, meaning that without uh, proof of prior specific knowledge, limitation periods will only start at this point rather than from uh, an earlier date, such as the, the, the date of publication of the Commission's press release, which is what the defendants had argued in this uh, Spanish case. Now, in the context of trucks, the court's decision postpones the start of the limitation periods by at least eight months applying this rule. Um, given that the decision of the uh, the decision in this trucks cartel was published in April 2017, so the summary decision, I should say, sorry, uh, whereas the press release had been published eight months earlier in July 2016. Um, and uh, given the lifeline this could provide to claims which would otherwise be time barred, it seems rather significant and will have serious implications for pending and future cartel damages actions related to the trucks cartel. Thanks, Charles. That's a really clear explanation of quite complex facts. Um, is it the, the case that uh, the judgment only really relates to uh, Spanish law claims arising out of the trucks cartel, or is it something with broader application, Tom? Well, it's a good question, Scott. I mean, I'd say that couldn't be further from the truth in reality, because this decision has got really significant implications for national limitation laws not just in Spain, but across all EU member states and potentially even beyond, uh, and certainly has wider implications to other European cartels beside the trucks cartel. Um, so to start looking again at the question of the starting point of limitation periods in other cartels, as Charles mentioned earlier, according to the Court of Justice, national limitation periods will not, not normally start before the Commission's summary decision has been published in the official journal following this judgment. Um, but interestingly, something that you may not have noticed, if, even if you've read the judgment, um, the Court of Justice based this determination on the principle of effectiveness uh, rather than on the rationale of the damages directive itself. And this rule applies regardless of whether the claim is covered by the directive or is subject to former national limitation laws. 
Uh, although in its reasoning, the Court of Justice ultimately relied on the specific content of a press release of a trucks cartel, um, it's important to note that this uh, is not to be assessed on a case-by-case -case basis. Um, and this is because the Court of Justice emphasised that there is no general duty of care on the part of injured persons requiring them to monitor the publication of these press releases. So just to unpack that a little bit, uh, even if there was a press release in a case which was exceptionally detailed, um, the publication of all that factual material um, would not as such imply that the claimant could reasonably have expected, be expected to know all the relevant circumstances. Uh, and so from an EU law perspective, a limitation even in that extreme scenario would not uh, normally start running. And the defendant would still also need to prove that the claimant had knowledge of the press release. Um, and the finding is very significant in practice. I can illustrate that with a few examples. Um, in the context of these Spanish proceedings and the reference that was made to the Court of Justice uh, against DAF and Volvo, um, the ECJ judgment postpones the start of the limitation period by at least eight months, as Charles mentioned. Um, but if we look at a few other uh, common European cartel decisions, for example, the Capacitors cartel, there are nine months elapsed between the press release and the publication of a summary decision. Um, so as a result of this judgment, we would expect limitation periods to also be postponed by at least nine months. Uh, and similarly, to use another example, in the maritime car carrier case, there's a six month gap between press release and summary decision. In the, uh, in the car emissions cartel, it's four months. And obviously it, it varies from case to case, but the general um, principle that we see is that there is an extension of at least several months typically in these cases. Um, the second key area that is again worth emphasizing is the point on the actual period of time. Um, so uh, I think we're all now familiar with this, the damages directive installed this five year standard period, um, which now applies across um, European jurisdictions and member state laws. Um, and there's this confirmation, very significant conf confirmation that these limitation rules already apply as long as the action is alive under the applicable national limitation law at the time the claim is brought. And, and this really is significant because I think most practitioners had assumed up to this point that these rules and limitation were not going to kick in until many more years, um, potentially until um, cartels are found that continue to have effects after the damages directive was implemented. And this judgment really turns that on its head. Uh, and we know that, for example, these rules, the five year period um, already kicks in now. So um, yeah, important to note as well that there are differences between member states in terms of when the starting point of the limitation is, as well as the time period. Um, the, the case in point, um, as I think a lot of people know, Spain is perhaps one of the most extreme or the most extreme example, having only a one year period. Um, but, you know, there are there are many other national laws where um, the, the time period is materially uh, less than five years we see in the directive. So this extension to the five years kicking in already in many cases will have a significant impact. And as Charles touched on, there may well be cases that, that were time barred that now uh, are revived as a result of this. Um, just a couple of final points to note. Um, whilst the recent jurisprudence under English law has gone in another direction on this topic, many competition claims issued before the English courts rely on breaches of foreign and most commonly EU or other member state laws. Uh, and that means in practice, this judgment will also have 
a significant impact in claims before the English courts, uh, and, and that remains the case despite Brexit um, for as long as claims are, are brought in England relying on foreign laws. Uh, and just a final question or, or point, interesting point to, to finish on for me. Um, one item which the judgment does not address is a situation where there are foreign regulatory decisions outside of Europe. Um, that wasn't the case for trucks. Uh, I think as many people know, it's a EEA-wide um, cartel. We're not aware of any decisions outside of Europe. But of course, in many cases, we do see um, global cartels or at least cartels where there are the DOJ, for example, or regulators in, in South America or Asia also come up with very similar decisions. And it, it will be interesting to see uh, whether there are further references in those kinds of cases and, and how the Commission will consider the relevance or otherwise of um, facts, potentially very detailed facts in those other um, jurisdictions and whether that impacts at all the start point being the, the date of publication of the summary decision. So I think I'll, I'll leave it there on my side. Thanks, Tom. So the, the implications really are quite wide ranging on the basis of what you've said. So, Julia, what about uh, long stop limitation deadlines? Uh, thanks, Scott. Um, yeah, there, uh, it can be assumed that the impact of the judgment um, is also significant on, on the so-called long stop limitation deadlines. As Tom said, the main rationale of the uh, ECJ um, was was based on the principle of effectiveness rather than the um, interpretation of the directive itself. So from that, we can infer that long stop limitations will be also impacted. Long stop limitation periods in principle, just to explain briefly, are limitation periods that start running regardless of uh, the knowledge of the claim. One example of those long stop limitation periods is um, in the German jurisdiction, which I will come on to a little bit later. So um, as a starting point, uh, I have to say that the damages directive only establishes the knowledge based limitation period and does allow member states to introduce long stop limitation periods in parallel, but only, and I quote, as long as it does not render uh, practically impossible or extensively excessive, excuse me, excessively difficult um, to exercise uh, the right to full compensation. So this reference in the damages directive can be clearly seen to be referring to the principle of effectiveness, which brings us back to the judgment we're now discussing. The ECJ, as uh, Charles and Tom now explained, has provided very useful guidance to the interpretation of former national limitation periods in light of the principle of effectiveness and um, how this may impact also other limitation uh, periods. The one point is that uh, in this case, uh, the, the limitation period may not start uh, before the claimant knows all the circumstances giving rise to the damage. Um, the second one is that the infringement has already ceased uh, before the limitation, should, limitation period should be starting. Um, it is therefore uh, 
um, questionable whether the long stop limitation periods, which start to run regardless of knowledge, uh, do comply with the understanding of the principle of effectiveness. Um, given that it's the that long stop limitation periods are allowed in principle under the damages directive, uh, this can be seen as an inconsistency between the ECJ decision and the rationale of the damages directive. Therefore, it is still a bit doubt, uh, doubtful whether the decision will put an end to any long stop limitation periods. However, given that the long stop limitation periods must be interpreted in conformity with European law to ensure that they do not make it uh, uh, in practice impossible or excessively difficult uh, to claim damages, the judgment may become now very relevant uh, in the interpretation of what that means. In German law, uh, as I mentioned earlier, in the former non-harmonized provision, um, the long stop limitation periods period starts to run when the claim arises, so regardless of the knowledge. In certain cases, where cartels uh, last very often over more than a decade, this could lead to damage claims becoming time-barred before the infringement had ceased or had even been discovered, leaving the, the injured parties and the future claimants with no chance of ever filing a claim. And we think that in this context, the ECJ judgment uh, seems to quite have qual uh, clarified the matter. Long stop limitation periods, in this, in, especially in these circumstances, should be interpreted in accordance with the principle of effectiveness in such a way that limitation periods, um, that, that limitation periods do not start to run before the infringement has ceased. Okay, Julia, thanks. And Thank you also to Charles and Tom for picking through some really quite complex issues in such a, a clear way. So if I can just try and sum up the, the key principles that we can uh, take from your remarks uh, on the issue of the date from which the relevant limitation period begins to run. The ECJ judgment will bring much more legal clarity for parties involved in nearly all competition claims brought under EU laws. Uh, and we finally start to realise that the directive's bold objective of European harmonisation of limitation rules is a reality. Needless to say, the ECJ's approach on this issue is very welcome indeed uh, to the many current and prospective claimants and such claims across Europe. And, and so we look forward to testing some of these issues. And that's all from us for this podcast. And we look forward to speaking to you again soon.